Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And here we are for our preview of the week one. The finals in the NRL box set. Only a couple of days now until things kick off. Very exciting times. Yeah, unreal. Can't wait. If anybody out there, if you're listening now and you didn't catch the start of the week, obviously, as we said, we'll be upping our content on the run home in the finals. Um, a little bit more free time now with football sort of wrapping up. We'll be looking to do Sundays and Wednesdays from here on out up until the big finale in the grand final. Sunday we'll be reviewing the teams that are eliminated as we did um, just a couple of days ago. So if you haven't seen it yet, the bottom eight team season reviews are available now. That show available on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere decent where you can listen to podcasts. And then the Wednesday, obviously, leading into games with kickoff being on a Friday. We will preview the round a little bit more in depth, give some tips and thoughts. Thanks to bluebet.com.au and obviously with Penrith, Solar Center. So here we are. The four matchups we've got this week. Panthers versus the Eels. Storm versus the Rays. Sharks versus the Cowboys. And Roosters versus Souths. It's a ripper week one. Um, and we'll preview that now with all the odds. Brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with a true blue bookie. There is no one better. And an offer on all NRL finals games. Back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner. Up to $100 in winnings, lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply, gamble responsibly. And as I said the other night, $952.50 in the charity account. Hopefully that'll be ticking over the 1000 mark if we pick a winner this weekend. So thank you again to Bluebet for supporting us there. Um, and I think, what did I say? We'll do our last power rankings as well, Boxhead, from who we think is the most likely to least likely to win the competition um, to wrap things up. So Sounds good. Let's jump in and preview this game, shall we? The first one we have is the Friday night clash, the Battle of the West. It's the Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels and obviously the only team to beat Penrith twice this season. And... Quite a good record in general the last couple of years, all being close matches. They'd be riding high on confidence. They've got themselves into the top four, so at least two bites of the cherry. But certainly, they'd be feeling some sort of confidence knowing that they've got the job done twice. I've heard a lot of people mention the last game, the fact that Cleary got sent off. Well, that one was at Parramatta. It was early, yes. But round nine, they walked into Penrith, full house. We were there, and they got the job done as well. So uh, we know, as we say week to week, there can be high inconsistency in between their performance and what they do, but they've got the job done twice against Penrith, so they've got the formula, they've got the cattle, and when they get things right, it's been proven they can win this game. Yeah, now it just depends on them winning it under pressure and in a big finals game. That's, you know, what I've been saying about Parramatta all year. I wanted to see what happens come finals time. They've got their opportunity now. They've earned the right. There's no bigger test than Penrith at Penrith, but I think the you know, we've seen some craps, cracks. We've seen some cracks during Origin in that game model that everyone wants to rave about with the Panthers, the way that they go about, you know, trying to win games. Queensland punched some holes in that. I think this is a good time to get Penrith. I know a lot of people are sort of buying into the, well, they've had a lot of rest and, you know, they'll be primed, ready to go. But the fact is they haven't played together for six weeks. They've had some adversity over the last six. They had some adversity coming out of State of Origin. Uh, if I want to play Penrith during the finals, I want to play them now. So, yeah, good opportunity for Parramatta. I think Parramatta have had a, a good, you know, last three weeks and they've got it all ahead of them. I, th- I think in the middle of the field, they've just got to, they've got to be able to get their halves on the front foot and play that Parramatta style of footy. If Penrith have it their way 
and it's a it's a you know grinding slow game, particularly on plays one two. I think Parramatta will struggle because they won't dominate field position. They won't dominate play the ball speed. If Parramatta can get on the front foot, pressure Cleary, get uh, catch and get going forward early in the tackle count, and and get down up and get some quick play the balls, I, I really think Parramatta are a chance. I think the other thing as well you talk about off the back of what they do with their forward pack, in particular Paulo and Campbell Gillard, who are obviously the two that make everything start. Mm. They have the most offloads in the competition. So Penrith like to obviously strangle, load up, play one, two, front load, kill your set, get you on the back foot. But just in general, uh, not so much the yardage football, but that transition football, playing that football through the middle of the field, they are far and away the highest offloading team in the competition. So they're going to look for not only, like you said, to put a dent in, but a bit of second phase, try and break down that defensive line, try and make second efforts from Penrith, and then off the back of that, obviously, again, they can either roll, they can play coast to coast. They do like shifting to both their edges. I feel they've probably done less of that, which to me is a positive. Earlier in the year, there was too many games where they'd come in and they have that mentality just to shift, shift, without yeah. wanting to kick the front door in. And as annoying as it is, listen to Brad Arthur say the same thing every single week when they do lose, that we weren't physical enough, we didn't win the battle. That pretty much is the truth for Parramatta. Mm. If they don't go forward... Nothing else happens off the back of it. Moses, Dylan Brown, etc. Like Dylan Brown's the sort of bloke that can play off the back foot. He will run the football. He will take his licks. He will engage a line. But again, against a team like this, against a defensive system like this, if he's playing off the back foot, it's still going to be an extremely tough task. But it all really much, like you said to me, for Parramatta, the biggest key point is the pack. Yeah. Campbell Gillard, we know all the backstory to this. Origin, the comments that left. Purely from a football perspective, this is awesome. Laota, Fisher-Harris... Paulo, you know, all these guys going head-to-head, it's going to be outstanding. Um, in terms of edge battles as well, Parramatta have done a really, really good job using their edges. Isaiah Papali is absolutely outstanding. I, I'm sure they'll look, if they get some quick play the balls and able to play early shifts and try and isolate Jerome Lua and that space between him and Kikau, as we've spoken about before at different times, there's not many weak points in their line, but I think his effort has certainly improved this year. Kikau, he had some lazy parts to his game prior. <laughs> But, you know, Papa Lee getting at Jerome Luai and that edge in general with Tago, I think that's sort of the spot you'd be looking to get at. And then the flip side of the field, Cleary, as we know, he's obviously been healthy. He's been training. I'm sure he's got plenty of reps in, but game reps are different. Brown has done such a good job in this sort of period that they've had post-origin where he's been so dominant, getting to the line, isolating halves, getting the back rows, dragging defenders in and being able to isolate Sean Lane on a half and land on that three-man, and he's just such a long, awkward frame that but blokes are hitting him low. He's getting line break assists. He's getting offloads. He's had try assist. But it all, again, stems from where things start with their go forward. Yeah, and you need to identify when Penrith have got momentum, and you need to break it. Simple yep. as that. You need to identify when they're winning, when they're, when they're in a cycle or a period of the game where they're dominating as a, as a coach, as a... Key position play, you need to identify that and break that momentum. Kick the ball out, um, slow the game down, yep. give away a penalty, whatever it takes just to snap that momentum. Because once Penrith get rolling, they're very, very difficult to stop. And I think the other thing you'll probably attest to, you have said all the time, surely you're the better coach, you're the smarter one out of all of us. I think you'd say probably, and I'm pretty sure you did say this last time, I think Mitchell Moses had two of his better kicking performances in these games against Penrith. Mm-hmm. And in the games in the past year or so when they've won or been close. And in particular, that one early in the year, he kicked very, very well. His yeah. boot is a huge factor in this game. Where they turn the football over, where they put the football, similar deal to doing a Penrith to Penrith, which they sort of did at the start of the year, front-loading play one-two and making sure they really get stuck in to make sure that territory and possession game also keeps them in that cycle and tries to batten them down. Because we know one thing. If you shut off for periods of time, I'm, I'm not saying they are Melbourne, but they're very Melbourne-esque now in what they've done the last couple of years, Penrith, that they're going to give you nothing for free. Yeah, They're going to try and strangle, <clears throat> kick. If the ball's in play for long periods of time, Penrith will win. They love it. Simple as that. Exactly. If Parramatta can turn into a power game yeah. and a stop-start game, that's their More that's favorite. their road to victory. Yeah. yeah. And within those periods, they need to be winning the ruck. And that's, like you said, that's where it all starts. Yeah, I, I think look, we, we, we obviously played, we played Penrith, what was it now, a month ago, six weeks ago in New South Wales Cup. And they're the same beast in New South Wales Cup as what they are in the NRL. They play the same style of game. And we, we tried some things. We we knew that if we went there and just tried to beat them in a cycle game, it wasn't going to work. 
And we let him after 20 minutes, uh, and we got to, ended up getting beaten by 40. But, you know, that wasn't through a lack of trying and a lack of trying to think outside the square. And there's there's been some things exposed that I believe can be exposed um, by the good, the good players in this league and the good coaches in this league. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Also, and part of that is killing that momentum, making it a stop-start game. I think that's the biggest thing that you can do to Penrith to really halt their momentum and not allow them to get into rhythm. They want rhythm. Yeah, and they, they want, the and they want to melt you. They They're can play so for fit. Their line speed is unbelievable. Yeah. So how do you how do you get them feeling as though it's not a normal game and yeah. things are a little bit different? You, that's what teams are going to have to do against Penrith. If you, if you go there and want to beat them at their own style, good luck because yeah. it's not going to work. And even, you know, I turned up there with a style that I thought could cause them trouble, and it did, but I still we still got nowhere near beating them. And I think, again, just on the flip for Parramatta, something that hasn't been a big part of their repertoire bar those few games with Penrith is just defensive resilience. They have some games where defensively they're awful. They really are awful. But they're going to be tested at times here, and they need to have that resilience, whether it is back-to-backs or coming out of yardage or making an error, two or three where there might be some repeats or penalties. If they're not willing to back up that side of the game, nothing else matters. Mm. Um, there's no doubt, again, they can score points, they can attack, like we said, the coast-to-coast, the halves game, getting to their back rows early, isolating halves, playing back off from that through the middle. Um, we talked about it earlier in the year, and that was half the reason we spoke. I think Gutherson and Mahoney or Reed Marnie have come to life in this last sort of few weeks, a month, which they really need to. Yeah. Um, Moses has come back kicking well, playing well, running the ball more. He needs to do that. Because to me, like I said, I think I know... The big thing week to week, what I'm going to get out of Dylan Brown, I don't know what I'm going to get out of all the other guys all the time. But Moses' game needs to be good. Their forward pack needs to be good. And the real barometer will be Paulo and Campbell Gillard. Yeah. But also I'm interested to see if he starts with Madison or near Corey. For me personally, for what Penrith dish up, and the fact that I think their bench is a bit light when they roll for that period, I'd start Murata again and go for that three-pronged physical all-out, like I want to meet you in the middle and fucking punch you in the face attitude. I want Murata, Paulo... Campbell Gillard, let's make sure we go fucking iron against iron for that starting period of the game. Then roll someone on like a Madison, Oregon Kafusi, bring that little bit of a change up when they get to that point where they roll on their smaller guys like a Kenny who you can get at. You've obviously got Sorensen who does a good job, don't get me wrong, but he's still smaller. And Spencer burns out very quickly. So I want to combat that first period with my three most physical middles. And then I want to get to that period where I think they have a slight advantage off the bench rotation if you bring in on Oregon and Madison. Madison brings a little bit of footwork, a tip, an offload, he's still physical. Oregon, good leg speed, gets across the ground. I think they can sort of find something in that back period there. Um, and all the other parts that we talk about all the time, we know are going to be important. But for Penrith, I think we know pretty much what they're going to do. They're outstanding out of the backfield. Like you said, they want to cycle, keep the ball in play. Dylan Edwards just gets your sets off to great starts every single time because the bloke literally doesn't get tired. He's the energizer bunny. Mm. Toto carries Think well. about what play you're going to kick on as well. Yeah. How you're going to kick. Try and isolate kick. somebody. Put him in a corner. Because uh, they want to get to. They wanted to get yeah, get into the black dot. They want to get to the middle of the field. Split the field straight as quickly away. as they can. Yeah. Put him in a corner. Put him in the phone box and. So a bit of play for kicking. You think? Try yeah. and drop it in that tram corner and. From yeah, from long range, if they put it if the they corner. can find space, I don't want to kick on play four if they're going to catch it on the full. No, nah, and obviously inside fifty mm-hmm. when you're kicking for that. Inside ten sort of zone, you put him in the box in the corner. You think and bash. Try, try to, yeah, try to. Provided that, and Parramatta are quite good at that. Mm. Moses, go, go to the Roosters' that. model. What the Roosters did to Latrell, bash and bomb last Friday night. Trap. Just yeah, get stuck mm. into him and be physical with him. And I'd be doing that with Dylan Edwards. Yeah, and you, you know you've got to be good in yardage. And he'll do that all night. Dylan will catch and he'll get bashed all night. Yeah. I won't worry him. All their back three will. Their really back three limits, is great like that. limits the impact of that next carry. So yeah. You know, I haven't done too much study on you know which edge is more dominant for Penrith in terms of the, the dummy half carry on play two, but I'd just kick to whatever side has the weaker dummy half carry on play two. And the idea would be kick it in the phone box, bash the fuck out of Edwards, and then have that weaker dummy half runner on on play two. You know, the, the, I guess the offset to that is, is if that far winger comes in and has a carry off the ruck, the winger passes to him, and then you're sort of going, well, okay. Yeah. Th- that's the... That's the answer. There's always a game of chess going on, you know? Yeah. So you need to... And I'm sure Brad Arthur and the Paris staff are all over it. Yeah. They'll, they'll have a plan. They'll know what they're doing and whether they can execute it and whether it's good enough to beat Penrith remains to be seen. Mm. I think I love... There's so many good things here. Like mm. these two teams, number one and two in metres, post-contact metres, 
assists or metres in general. So both these fields... I just look at them go, they're the best two sides. Again, they know how to... They can both roll out of the field. They get out of yardage. They punch a hole in you. They've got creative players over the field. The only real, like I said, outstanding difference statistically, which again, I don't like relying on statistics, but I like to find a point of difference. The only huge difference is second phase. Mm. Parramatta in the league, far and away the team that offloads more than anybody else. They're 30 ahead of the next best team, which was Canberra, Penrith, for not in the top five for offloads. Mm. So second phase is a key thing. We know where they get it from. Paul had particularly a key one. Madison, the other one, who brings that point off the bench, which is why I'd like to probably separate those two. Start with Murata and those other three. Play fire with fire, kick well early, defend well early, bash their middle, and then hopefully gain a little bit of advantage when you roll your bench rotation in and try and gain some sort of ascendancy there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of targets, like I said, I think for them, Luai's sort of the one I'd want to get at if I can, but no doubt Dylan Brown is a threat regardless. Nathan hasn't been playing. I think Martin is a good defender physically, but I think technically and systematically as well, if you can get at them, like you are saying, playing through the mid-early, I'd really want to get at both the halves mm-hmm. and their back rows and yeah. test them out. Uh, Penner's side of thing, I think, like we said, biggest question is rust. It hasn't been a smooth six weeks. They've still done very well. I think they've got some important games into some of their depth players if anyone's called upon, but, you know, I think probably the one upside for Nathan, I'm not really big on people missing extended periods of times, but yes, he wasn't injured. I'm sure he got lots of reps in, but... Nobody's played more football in terms of NRL football, finals football, rep football in the last couple of years than the Panthers players. Mm. So I don't think he'll be off the pace, but I don't know if he'll be bang on straight away. Um, and in terms of how they flow between their halves, their nine. We know Arpy's very important for them. Arpy works their arc. Arpy's the biggest difference for me as to why their bench doesn't get exposed more. Because much like Cameron Smith used to do with some of their bench players, what he creates around the ruck is manipulation accountability around the markers sort of keeps them going to that transition period where I'm sure tomorrow they're going to ask for big minutes from Fish. Fish has to play 60, minimum. Mm. Loud is obviously going to play this well, 40 or a little bit more. Yeah. Sorensen will probably play the biggest minutes of the guys off that bench, but I see very light minutes for a Kenny and a Lenya and Salmon if he even gets used at all. Yeah. But I think this is the one thing for me coming to this time of year now where you don't have room for these sort of errors. Their bench rotation up against a, a decent pack or a better side is going to have to be used to a minimum for their middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Penrith, you know what you're going to get. They're going to kick, front load, play one, two, strangle. They just slowly eke their way up the field, possession, territory, and try and break you down. And we, we know similar deal again. Left side's the dominant side for them. They love setting up for their long side shift. Luai will skip across the field. He'll play over to kick out. Kick out can sometimes be guided in the line and attack that half, which would be Moses, Papali'i, and Penasini obviously going to have to be accountable inside and outside of him. Tago's shown he's a very good attacking player as well. Interested in that matchup between him and Penasini, but also at the same time with a flip, someone you can probably get at defensively. When they get tied, if they get repeat sets, you'll start seeing Jerome catching wider, cutting back in and crabbing. If your negative side doesn't come up, trying to work his way back into the drain. And then Arpy's the other one when they're rolling. Yeah. It may not be first five minutes, may not be for 30 minutes, may not be for 60 minutes, but he will probe a couple of times and generally when he goes, it's an important time to go. Yeah. Um, Nathan's touches, as we know, he's going to handle the ball more than anyone. He's going to be the dominant kicker. He's going to test their back three, do all the things we just talked about, put people in corners, turn them around, bash and bomb, front load play one too. But yeah, I think the biggest thing we know for them is left side heavy in terms of their shift shape, their attack and what they like to do when they come into good ball. But out of yardage is pretty stock standard. They got a great back three. Edwards made Toto pick your poison. Everyone's got a strong carry. Um, but I just think, basically what you said before, they're going to want to keep ball in play and just see if they can burn Parramatta to the ground. Yeah. Not in the first 10 or 20. They're going to want to get their dividends <laughs> like they do generally from cycling and just wearing you down and getting field position territory and working off your fatigue and errors to get you the back end of half. So I think a huge advantage in the sense of the last two years we've had you know, the Queensland move or the bubbles with the clean zones. I'm not really big at all times about home ground advantages, but that ground's going to be absolutely mental for Penrith after yeah, two years of not huge, being there. It's a huge advantage. So, Anyone that tells you otherwise is a fool. Yeah. Simple as that. So I, I think we're sort of reaching that point. We're obviously going to make our picks. I think this will be very close again, and I think Parramatta's definitely got a chance, but I'm, I'm going to go with Penrith at home. Yeah, I, I'm leaning Penrith. But... Yeah, I I think there's an avenue there for Parramatta to win. I 100% agree with you. I I think 
if they win this one and they well, get if, if they hadn't if Penrith hadn't coughed up that round one game last year, I'd almost pick Parramatta here. I think they'll just be very very wary of what happened last year against South and South yeah did exactly that. They made it a different game. They made yeah. Penrith uncomfortable, and it rattled Penrith. And they, Absolutely got, and they got under their skin too. Yeah. They made it, like we said. If you're yep. going to be the big dog, every so often someone's going to knock on the door and give it back to you. When, when things weren't going wrong, uh, right that night, South made sure they made a point to rub yeah. it as well. But the challenge you. for Parramatta is being able to replicate that and yep. and also have it have the same impact on Penrith. And that, that's on Penrith. They they really need to... They're going to learn a lesson as to whether what they've learned out of last year's final series. Yeah, and I think... And they learn a lot within that final series because they were able to come out and win the comp but in some bloody tough games, some really, really tough games. So, yeah, my minor concerns over Penrith are that, if it, if it becomes a different game and Parramatta are able to unsettle them, or B, um, just the, the injuries and the timeout and just the fluency that, of the team. That's all. One other point here I probably missed. It's not through a lack of quality. That kick game, I know where Penrith's going to be kicking. They, I reckon they'll just absolutely bomb the shit out of Wonga Blake. He let a few Definitely. bounce last yeah. week and had a few awkward moments against Definitely. Melbourne, and that was without well, you're not kicking a Siva. Hughes and Munster. So I have no doubt they're going to be setting up some absolute pearlers to some Wonga. steamers. Trying to get him moving around. But, um, yeah, Penrith at Penrith. All the reasons we've just said, but I this is not a fader complete for me. Param- I see plenty of ways that Parramatta can win this game as Agreed. well, but do we get good Parramatta or bad Parramatta like we've talked about? We're now in that time. The new season started its finals. Let's I think see. you're going to get good Parramatta. I hope so, because this is going to be an awesome game if it is. Mm. So I hope we get the best version of both teams. So both on Parramatta. Um, I like Both on Penrith. Oh, sorry, both on Penrith. Come on, buddy. I like one to twelve either way on this one. I don't see this being a blowout. Yeah, see, game. I, I don't. I, I hate margin betting because it could be close all day, and you know Penrith could lead by eight and get a late try, and it goes thirteen plus. I stay away from margins for me. I, look, one to twelve looks the fate of complete, but no thanks. If I'm back in power, I'm backing them at at the head to head. Yeah, well, if you like the head to head, sure. Yeah, if I'm back in Penrith, I'll probably. What's the line? Well, we're about to go through all that, which is what we're getting to. Bluebet.com.au, the odds on this one. At Bluebet Stadium, the Penrith Panthers are $1.40 favourite, 295 for the Paramount Eels. They come in a little bit from where they started. They were over $3 previously. The line is now minus 7.5. Yeah, so I'd, <clears throat> I'd more take that. I'd probably bump that down to 5.5 and, and take 5.5. Well, I'll say it right now before we even go through all the odds. I took every outsider with 12.5 and, and boosted it for a bit over $5. Yeah. Because I think all the games will be close. Someone will, be, someone will get blown out. Yeah, well, I like all the matchups, so I went against that one. But that's the Penrith Panthers odds one to twelve. If you like those, three dollars for the Panthers, four ten for Parramatta, thirteen plus Penrith, two forty eight seventy um, for the Parramatta Eels side of things. In terms of if anyone's looking for meat pies, well, again Penrith, I just think is so left side heavy. Kikau or Tagos are probably your sort of picks there, and then on the other side. Um, I think they'll be looking for Luai. I know they're, they're a bit left-side heavy as well, particularly Dylan Brown, his combination with Lane. A lot's been happening off that, but I think they'll be looking to go test out Tago and Luai, that sort of space. So Papaliti's been good majority of the year. Panasini's an interesting matchup. So um, a couple of guys you could potentially look at there. Moving on to the second game, it is the Storm versus the Raiders. Um, early Saturday kickoff down there at Amy Park um, for this one. I think one of the real big factors that we all know about is obviously going to be Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes has been named, but is no guarantee to play, which for me as a Melbourne fan is a very scary thought because if Jerome Hughes is there, I don't think we're the favourite at all. And it's similar to Jerome Hughes is out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> I'm all over the Raiders. So <clears throat> looking at this one, we already know the situation. They've got lots of players missing. They've done their best to reshuffle things and, and find ways to win games and sort of got things back on track. But at this time of the year, again, when we're talking about heavy-hitting teams, high pressure and sort of what they're putting out, um, they could potentially get done week one, especially if their halfback's missing. We saw sort of the blueprint last week that with Munster at one and, and Harry at nine and basically no one in the halves because Meany's sort of plugging in and Cooper's doing the best job he can. You know, M- Munster was good, but he also overplayed his hand. He felt like he has to play his hand to pick his moments and... Harry Grant, obviously, is still a lot of good came off the back of him, but it's just not quite the same as when you've got him, Pappenhauser, Munster, someone at nine, 
your forwards going forward when they had obviously Welch on board there as well. Like that, that's been a real sore point for me is the forward pack. Like <clears throat> if if Nelson's not going forward and then Tui's probably the other one to me that I feel like still in a punch, I think we struggle. I think Jesse and a few of these guys that are leaving have been underwhelming. I think we need the absolute best from them considering this is the back end and, you know, every performance now is sudden death. But um, Yeah, they put themselves in a tough position. They don't have their full-strength team. The advantages are they've had an extremely long turnaround. If Hughes plays, I think they're deserved favourites. They've got a coach that's just proven at this level. They've got Cameron Munster. They've got a team good enough to win this match if they're at home. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah, I'm not I, as I'm not as confident as what I would be. I'm not that in confident, previous years. But it's mainly because of Hughes. <clears throat> if Hughes is out, I'm I'd be all over Canberra. Mm. And that's Hughes because Hughes is in. I'm all over Melbourne. Canberra do all the things that Melbourne generally dislike, and they've proven in the past. They've won four in a row at Amy Park. They've got the best record of anybody when they. Are any of those games finals games though? Yeah, they rolled us the other year. Remember at Amy Park when Joey Lelua got shit in his eye? Yeah, but was that we lost? Was no. that a part of the four? What's that? Was that a part of the four in a row at home? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that was part of yeah. the four or not, but I'm just saying in general that that's a finals game down there where they rolled us, but they've got a better it, it record. It'd have to be because we played COVID the last two years. Probably. They've yeah. had a better record than anybody down there. Um, they beat us not long ago again in a game where they pulled a couple of tries out from that sort of play and similar deal again. They do yeah. a lot of things that Melbourne don't like to do. They, yeah. They're willing they to risk. They're the second most offloads in the comp. When I talked about a team like Parramatta, the second phase, they'll break you down. They'll move the point of attack. They won't just play into what Melbourne want them to do. Um, and in particular, when you've got guys like Tarpany, who I think's been close to, if not the form prop in the competition, Papa Lee warming up the last few weeks. And then a guy like Hudson Young, who is the best kind of back row to me because he's not one-dimensional. Yeah. Hudson Young's a guy that, again, can run tough lines. You can give him early ball. He sometimes crabs across the field. He plays direct. He can pass. He can offload. He's even showing he's got a kick at times. So all those guys just, I think it, if they play disruptive and change the point of attack and try and get Melbourne moving, they've got a huge chance. And I think we've spoke about it again. The players that are missing, getting to that left edge in particular, we know they're left side heavy. Jack Whiten, Hudson Young, playing off the back of those two middle forwards in particular. You know, I'd be getting as much traffic as I possibly could to that right-hand side and testing out Marion Seve, Felice, and if Jerome's obviously not there, even if he is there and he's underwhelmed, that's where I'm trying to get my traffic and get a lot of football at. Um, through the middle of the field, like I said, I'm sure Tarpany will be looking and Papa Lee to really hammer Harry Grant and try and wear him out and make sure he's a bit more tight on the flip side of the ball. Um, you know, and just that middle in general, like I said, it's not quite what it used to be. I really feel like Nelson and Tui are the only sort of ones that really get us going forward or make a difference. I really hope Jesse turns up in a big way. Um, and then you've got King, obviously. And someone like Cheese. Cheese had some really good games, had some really bad games, but I really hope the best version of him turns up for this final I think, I think you're going to get it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, for Canberra, I think they're pretty much solid all around. Fogarty's slowly introduced a bit more stability and a bit more control, which has freed up Jack a bit more. Their left side's shining. Chris is a fairly underrated player, I think. Interesting to see him up against Seve. Like, he... Sort of goes under the radar, but he's got some sneaky good skills, Sebastian Chris. Yeah. There's a yardage game solid. Like, you know what you're going to get out of Kotrick. You know what you get out of Rapana. Tomoko's helpful in that regard as well. Um, Savage is an X factor. He can drop a ball. He can run 80 metres. There's there's just a lot, a lot of things about Canberra that worry me, in particular, if it all starts with that middle part and some of that second-phase football. Mm. But on the flip side of that, if Hughes plays and Melbourne's got a steering wheel, I think we'll see more... Of what I'm hoping to it see. Just, it'll narrow Canberra's defensive line. Yeah. Because he's a running threat. you got Whiten, but um, on the other side, which is going to narrow up Melbourne's defence. But if Hughes doesn't play, <clears throat> it sort of means that you always put an extra man where Munster is. Yeah. But if you can put Munster and Hughes on both sides of the ruck, you got dual threat. Yeah. And then you got Harry as well, obviously, because look at those two. Mm. What at the moment with Munster? It'll narrow, it's narrow them up, but it'll actually thin the numbers because they're not going to be able to put that extra man wherever Munster is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's certainly going to make it a much more difficult task for the Raiders if they've got that dual threat of Hughes and Munster. That's for sure. And for Melbourne's best situation, I think it's pretty straightforward. If Hughes is there and they've got a steering wheel, they'll be looking to Nelson... Tui and these couple of big boppers like Jesse to have one of his better games along with Brandon Smith and the impact he brings to 
punch holes in that ruck, generate those quick play of the balls to get Harry going off the front foot. And then off the back of that, we've seen Munster just pick and choose his moments since we've been short with Pappenhausen in the halves. Yeah. Hughes generally directs play, takes the fifth tackle options, has that run threat, like you said, when there's opportunities. It's a very simplified game plan with the plugins that they've sort of had, but it works. Yeah. Um, and if they get that complete high and, and do that sort of job, you know, Nofalum has definitely helped out from the back end of the field. Olam's great out of yardage. Um, Seve, I think, has got better as things have gone on. But again, they definitely make do with what they've got. But the big key factor in all this for me, I, I still think they could win without him, but I'd have no confidence if he's out. Hughes. If Hughes doesn't play, I'm worried. I think the Rays could go down there and really cause it. I wouldn't be an upset for me. I think they'd be pretty much almost a pick and game for me if Hughes is not playing. Um, but yeah, it's one of those unknowns. And I think... If they don't go that way, they're just going to play that real simple game, high completion, and probably hope that Canberra get a bit loose with their discipline and some errors and, you know, try and take advantage of any opportunity they sort of get. Yeah. But I don't think, like you said, on the flip side of that, if Canberra can get what they want out of it, which is second phase, break up the middle, get going in yardage, they're going to be a lot to handle. Mm. They're not going to go down there and try and play it safe, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, tip for this one... Um, I'm going to go Melbourne on the proviso that Hughes is in. Well, I'll give you this very simply. If Hughes is out, I'm tipping Canberra. If Hughes is in, I'm tipping Melbourne. Yeah, so People are going to be smart enough to work that out. Off what's been announced at the moment, I'll go to the store. But yeah, so basically, if Hughes is out, I'd be all over Canberra. Yeah. In a heart. I think if you... Yeah. If you're planning on having having a double on the Raiders, do it now. Because if Hughes gets ruled out, then... Oh, it's going to flip. You're going to... I yeah. think they already have come in. I think they started above $3. I'm pretty sure. Well, the Penrith and the Parramatta, uh, Penrith and the Melbourne markets are pretty similar. Yeah, they both come in. So with Blue, well, yeah, but they came out originally a little bit shorter than that. Like you're saying, I think they both opened at a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five, somewhere around there. Yeah, they did. Canberra and Parramatta were three dollars, three dollars ten. Yeah. So with Bluebet.com.au, Storm, it's the same odds as the Panthers game now. It's a dollar forty for the Storm, two dollars ninety-five for the Raiders. Originally, I'm pretty sure it was like three twenty-five or something like that. The line is eight and a half, uh, one to twelve. Storm three hundred five, three eighty five for the Raiders. Thirteen plus Storm, two fifty two and seven dollars ninety for the Raiders. Um, in terms of tries or anything other sort of markets, again, Canberra's just so left side heavy. I've just been on Young every week. I think he's eight from the last ten. Love yeah. scoring a try. That's that spot where I'm talking about with Seve is potentially injured use. If not, maybe. It's Cooper Johns um, and, and Chris on the survey thing. That sort of left edge, those sort of two we're looking at. For Melbourne, if Hughes is in, I don't mind Cheese or Harry Grant. Harry just sort of has moments, even like last week when people are around him, he sold a bit of a magic trick to the Paramount Eels. Brandon Smith close to the line if they're both playing, but that's more, again, on the provider that Hughes is in and you sort of have to pay attention and not, you know, like last week where it's purely, we've got Harry at the ruck, we have to be accountable for him and we look where Munster is and we spot an extra man. Mm. Um, so, <clears throat> sort of where we're at on that one but moving on the night time game on Saturday at the prison old, good old Shark Park it's uh, the Sharkies up against the Cowboys and in terms again when we talk about lineups big changes this week for the Sharks They're... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Got back in uh, a few players. Talakai's been named, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. But Dale Finucane returns. Will Kennedy has been named at fullback. Toby Rudolph returns in the front row. Connor Tracy returns on the wing. With that, McInnes and Heminueli revert back to the bench. Lockie Miller, who's been outstanding, goes to 18th man. Uh, I think he'd be part of a reshuffle in some form if Talakai was out to get him in one of those outside back positions. And for the Cowboys... Hess is back from a one-game suspension, so Tanoa Brown goes to 18th man, and the only change for them. Uh, I think the big question for a lot of people here, when we talk about home ground advantages, Shark Park, or as we call it, the Priz, is a huge advantage. 
But on the flip of that, I think, and I said this at the time, they had to run top four with the draw they got. And I know it's easy to say that, but they've played basically everyone in the bottom eight. They got the three teams consecutively directly ahead of them, all origin affected. They've been good without being great. I don't know if that may hurt a little bit. Like on the flip side, you've got all the excitement and, you know, passion of being at Shark Park and knowing if you win this game, you're going straight through to week three. So hopefully all that, you know, offsets a little bit of, you know, the, the ease they've sort of had in the draw and they've been able to rest some guys or not bring them back early and sort of tickle and get to this point. But I certainly don't think they're going to get it easy with the opposition <clears throat> they've got because the Sharks, um, you know, they can, why they're very, very good with their attack. They shift the ball. They play coast to coast. They're outstanding in yardage. Mutalo starts their sets off well. Jesse Ramian's got a strong carry. Talakon is their strong carry. They're almost 150, 200 metres a week. Um, we know they start things off well. And then their pack early in the year sort of worried me, but once Hunt got going, you early come back from injury, etc. They've got probably enough there to do what they need to do. Nakora is a real threat on the right when Nico obviously beat a bigger body, digs into the line. He gets inside defenders interested. He gets outside defenders to sort of freeze up. He gets to isolate. Nakora Moylan's had his best year. And obviously, like you said, they've got strike basically everywhere, but um, they have the highest error rate in the competition. They have patches there where they can get a bit frustrated and overplay their hand. The Cowboys won't do that. Mm. The Cowboys have sort of got a little bit of that other mentality that we're talking about again where they've certainly got strike across the field, but most important to them is how they start their sets off and how they hand the ball over. Townsend will bomb relentlessly to, like you said, either grass or isolate somebody and they load up play one-two. And they will just be relentless play one-two trying to maintain their discipline, strangle, get better field position, and then in yardage, felt's good carry. You know, you know that there's a strong carry for Murray Tulungi. He has more offloads than any winger or centre, I'm pretty sure, outside back, definitely for wingers. Holmes has got a good carry. Hiku's sneakily underrated in that regard. And then their forward pack, I think they may have a slight advantage here. McLean, Cotter, Tamalolo, you know, to bring Hess. Neem's been a bit of an X-factor. Gilbert. His efforts in origin, he plays edge or middle, and then their edges. You've got points of difference. You've got Leilua. You've got Nanai. Um, there's a lot there for the Cowboys. The biggest thing for them, I guess, is can they do it away from home? Their, their Sydney record this year hasn't been great. Um, and then just, I guess, just taking their moments. And then the flip of that, a guy like Robson off the back of this forward pack. Robson is such a run threat and just gets on the back of any momentum or dabbles with those short passes and the, the forwards they've got. Um, I can definitely see them, like I said, just doing exactly similar to what we talked about, Penrith, trying to keep the ball in play, up that energy, try and get some errors and fatigue into the Sharks, and then just roll off those middles. And then particularly, I think, I'd be trying to get after Moylan. Um, he's on that left-hand side. That's where Nenai is. Nenai's shown a real ability to score in a multitude of ways. Um, then even on the flip side of that, Nico on the other side of the field, you've got Leilua um, in the middle. Rudolph is someone, like he certainly does his job, and they've got those bigger guys in hunting that. I think, again, you get some fatigue in their legs. Tamalola and he's got a guy streaming through on Robson, but it all comes off the back of that for me. I, I just see them more trying to do the opposite of what the Sharks can do at times, where they can get a bit loose, make some errors, just high completions, kick, turn around front load, and then just any time they get any good opportunities just park themselves down there because they're going to get nothing at Shark Park. Nothing. No. The venue is probably the biggest thing for me. Mm. <clears throat> I think that weighs heavily in what I think is a pretty even match. I lean towards Cronulla just based on the venue. I lean towards Cronulla. Just, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced the Cowboys can travel and win a really tough, gritty game. They had one a couple of weeks ago at um, ANZ against South and they, they never really looked comfortable, I think, in that game. They they had that try, the Cole Felt try. Take that away, it's a pretty convincing win for, for South. So, I And think... then you look at what the Roosters did to, to South on the weekend. I think, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of the Cowboys. I can only judge them on what they've done sort of in the last month. They're second for a reason. I respect the hell out of what they've done this year. I, I think they're going to come with a plan. They'll they 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 will definitely come to unsettle. And they've got Chad Townsend, who's a really really good steering wheel, good calming influence for them. They've got dynamic running threats in Dearden and Robson, Drinkwater. 
They've got a lot of creativity. I think Holmes has had an unreal season, so has Hiku. Their forward pack's been excellent. So they're well in this game. Well in this game. I, what you've said on Cronulla, I, I get all that, but I, I just think they've had an eye on finals, I think, over the last two or three. They've been lackadaisical. They've, their discipline has been poor, I agree, on all that. But I don't think that is an indication for what you're going to see this weekend. I, I expect them to be... Back to the Cronulla of old at the prison, they'll be gritty, physical. Uh, I think they'll be looking to lay all over the Cowboys, slow them down, and they're going to want to get their their style of game on. They'll they'll the crowd will try and intimidate the referee. There's going to be all of that that's going to have to get put in this mixing bowl and spat out with you know the style of game that we could potentially see. I I look at this one and and just think. I've got no idea. Nah, no. No right. idea. I don't know what to make of the Sharks. I think I know what to make. I think the Sharks are better. That's my gut feel, particularly at home. I think they're better. They're more experienced. But I look at the Cowboys and I go, I think they've got more X-Factor players. Well, I, I think they've got, got more points in them if they get that style of game. If they get that open style of game, I think Cowboys could I think put a score on. The other big thing for me, though, is a lot of those Cowboys guys got to origin as well. And that Agreed. really lifted things. Agreed. And they... Game three, Gilbert did, and these guys were called. As upon. I said, so, I respect the shit out of what they've I'm done. I'm just saying, they I were called the upon, hell out of so what they've done. I, I think there's no knock in. on the Cowboys. No, my split in this is the prison. Yeah, and we know what it's like there. Yeah. It's fucked there. They, they've rattled. Cronulla have rattled the best teams in the yeah. last twenty years. They rattled the best, probably the best Melbourne team we've ever seen. This there. is not the same kind of Cronulla team. I don't think that. No, I think it is. I think it's got some core of it. I think, I think you're going to see it more attack than it does that gritty, yeah. dirty. I think you're going to go. I think you're going to see that this. But week, I yeah. think this is the whole point you're making. We don't know what to really make of these sides. I think if these two were to play anyone else, I don't know if I'd tip them. The fact they're playing each other makes it harder. Yeah, I, I agree. If they were playing Penrith or Power or someone else, I wouldn't Penrith be tipping. Yeah, but that's my point. Or if the Roosters rocked in or whatever, I'd honestly be more confident in a lot of those teams. But the fact these two play each other, I think this is the closest game of the weekend in terms of who you pick. Agree, but. The breaking point for me also will be the Priz. Does so for that mean? reason, I will, will not go. Be, there'll be five Cowboys fans there. Yeah, if and that. there's only 11,000 seats, so there'll be mental Cronulla supporters. Yeah, like with and they'll be loaded. Together. A lot of them will I, be loaded. They'll, Pen- be on the, they'll be on the jungle juice from midday, yeah, and they'll, it'll be unreal. I call it Penrith with the beach, and if you're a Shire listener and you're offended by that, well, come to Penrith and take that on board. Because when I went there... Come to Penrith and sit on the hill. It's like, exactly it, it literally the same. felt like the hill exactly when we went the there, except there's a beach around the corner. Yeah. Like, you blokes are fucking savages, just like it's good. Yeah, it's, it's great. Unreal. I loved it. Um, it's but, not a knock. It's actually a compliment. Yeah. You know what's going to happen with them, like I said. Getting these guys back in, hopefully not too much rust, but I can see Finucane doing a Johnny Rambo special, trying to kill someone. Um, Hines, big role for him. Obviously want him to kick and control it and be the real... Steady influence, and I think Braley slowly at the back end of the year has done more of what I was hoping he'd do. He's adding his two cents in there. He's getting out a little bit. He's manipulating a little bit more and being a bit more of a an X factor. But no doubt, like we said, they've got a great yardage game. Getting all these guys back in there, their rotation helps. And Nico's going to look to. I just hope they don't tighten up. I don't think they will because the the fact they make more errors and they're in the competition. But just as long as they don't go too far with all the coast to coast and early shifts. No way. The Cowboys no way will be well and truly up for it. And if they make errors and give them opportunity, yeah. They've right. been playing with their food the last month. Well, so that's what we're completely about to find different. Out. Yeah. Well. As, as the ease of the draw and the situation, they've been waiting for this. And then on the flip side of the Cowboys coming to Sydney, um, you know, can they get the job done? It's been spoken about. They obviously end up losing that home final. They've got a really good forward pack. A lot of guys experience that origin. Can they come down here, win, get a week off, and go back to North Queensland? Because. Let's be honest, if they somehow pull this out of the bag and go back with a home final, North Queensland would be a nightmare of a place to go week through. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that stadium would qualify, you'd think, for a final, wouldn't it? Mm. So, that would be massive. What, the North Queensland stadium? Yeah. yeah, that's why they built it. And that's my point. For them, yeah. I think you've just got your eyes on one thing. Like, fuck the fact it's at the prison. We win this game, we will be playing a prelim final in North Queensland. And going up there, like whoever goes there, I don't care who it is, that's huge. Mm. So both obviously got something to play for. Cronulla on the flip side won't get a home final at the prison week three. That would be at Allianz or Acor or somewhere else for sure. There's no way they'd let them have a prelim there. Mm. Generally week one or two, you get your final at your home ground. 
then you sort of move into a different category for prelims where you need a certain capacity. So similar deal for them. The huge advantage here right now is to get to that week three. They've allowed you to play at the prison even with it basically looking like a construction site and it's a big advantage. So yeah. take advantage of that situation. And here we go. The odds with bluebet.com.au for this one. It is the closest of the lot. A dollar seventy for the Sharks. The Cowboys are two dollars fifteen. Minus two and a half is the line. One to twelve for the Sharks, three ten to three thirty-five for the Cowboys. Thirteen plus for the Sharks is three forty-five, five twenty for the Cowboys. Um, again, you try scorer type bets if you're gonna look somewhere. Sharks, I think you're safe bet every single week. I don't know what his odds are. And we'll have a look at some of this sort of stuff at the end. But Mulatalo, um, obviously since Katal went out, is usually in that sort of spot. And I think Nakora is in a pretty good spot there. Lay Lure at times is someone um, defensively. He's been a lot better since he's been up there. Clearly a different environment he's brought into it. But defensively in his movements, I think if Nico can get deep in the line and engage a little bit and maybe isolate Nakora, who's been a bit of a hot streak, may not be a bad spot. On the flip of that, Nenai at Moylan, I love it. Um, Moylan's obviously been a lot better but I think again down there he's someone I'd certainly be getting at with somebody with the ability of Nanai and then on your left side you've always got Holmes Holmes has had uh, a really really good year um, and Jesse Raymond I'm pretty sure is the one opposing him Raymond similar deal very dangerous with the football but at times can come up with just a poor miss or a poor read so sort of the spots I'd be looking if you were going to have a dabble in either of those areas and the last game to finish up uh, the weekend, the elimination final at Allianz Stadium is the Roosters up against the Rabbitohs. And for the Rabbitohs, some real big inclusions. Murray, basically an inclusion because he got KO'd in the second tackle of the game. They reckon he's all good. Uh, Harvey's cleared. He pushes back to the bench. Uh, Jai Arrow is one who is here and switched the lock if something does happen with Murray, but highly doubt it. Um, and hooker Damian Cook obviously returns. And Campbell Graham returns. So Jackson Paulo goes out of the side. Memozulos goes out of the side. They get back their nine, their 13 technically, and an upgrade in one of the center positions on the Roosters side of things. Joseph Manu, huge out for the Roosters. Momorowski pushes into the centers with Hutchison. Tupo, for now, has been named. Still an injury cloud on that groin. He's been doing running this week. He's no certainty. Suali'i is back as well from his injury. <clears throat> Jared's been named despite his hamstring. Verrills has been named despite his hand injury. And Victor Radley's been named to return from his concussion. The bench, Watson, Egan, Butcher, Lodge on the bench. I don't think it'll start that way. I'd stick with the Jared Lodge one-two punch and probably bench Tokiaho to bring on as an impact. And a new face on the bench in that reshuffle is Adam Kieran, which makes me think they haven't called on him for a few weeks. They're definitely holding him for cover for multiple positions in particular, center wing reshuffle. Because he can play center wing, come through playing to the halves a little bit, he can goal kick. I think having him, there's more an insurance policy than anything when you've got a cloud over Tupo. Possible problem, again, with a couple other positions that they're probably going to need someone there who can cover a few spots. So, um, I guess we saw the blueprint of what they did last week. They just out-physical the Rabbitohs. They bullied them. Well, they did. They, yeah. Their line speed was outstanding. They bashed their middle... Their transition and kick, we know, like we've talked about before, a lot of teams are yardage teams. Souths aren't actually built for yardage at all. Souths are built for attacking in good ball. Johnston's not good in yardage. Milne's good in yardage. Luttrell is if he gets time and space, but they gave him none of that last week. They bash and bombed him. He was catching and getting attacked by three or four. There's no doubt they'll do that again. I've heard people during the week saying, oh, they'll figure out a way to, to counteract that. The only way to counteract that is to not get them in positions where they can obviously kick and do that, but even if they're kicking from inside their own half or not getting as much yardage upfield. If you don't think they're going to do that on purpose or find kicks and ways to frustrate the trail, get under his skin and get three or four bodies in him every time, you're kidding yourself. Mm. Because it worked last week. He basically had zero impact. And I, I really feel that South got most of their points and put their touches on the game when the injuries occurred and the game was basically done at the back end. When it was in critical stages early on, they got through their middles um, they bullied in that sense. Once Murray went off and Cook was there, that sort of isolated what Cody Walker could do. Latrell was a non-factor in attack and their forward pack was on the back foot. So um, I think for them, the biggest thing here would be simply start better. And obviously they can't get bullied in the middle like they did by Lodge and Jared. No, I, 
I feel like South left some things on the table last week. I felt like they held back more than what the Roosters did. Mm. I don't know whether that's true or whether that's dominated. It's a really hard one to to work out because you know that you... Well, they knew that they were going to play each other again the week after. Yeah. They couldn't change their teams and have the whole... Um, yeah, the whole line changes that they would have liked to have had. So when you're trying to break it down, you really need to look at what, what worked for the Roosters and then how South's going to be able to combat it. I, I don't think there is a fix for what the Roosters did on play 4-5. The fix is you need to win the middle. Mm. That's the fix. Exactly. And the fact is that the Roosters really dominated the middle of the field for the most part of that game. But I also, I keep looking at the score and, I feel like the scoreline flatters the Rabbitohs. I thought it the does. Roosters were far more dominant than that. I don't know whether that was because they just got ahead and took the foot off the pedal. All, all these things are hard to work out because you know that they had an eye on this week. But also, it's not a finals game. Yeah, jo- like Joey Mone is a huge out. Yeah, huge, huge out. In all senses of it. His ability individually, yeah. him defensively. I'm just talking about that. Yeah, him defensively up against their left-hand side, he's outstanding. Mm. Um, like now you've got Momorowski and Hutchison in the centres no disrespect to those guys they're good first graders mm. but I look at the other side and look at Tars and Graham and I go huh. yeah neither of them really I, I don't look at either of them and think well, well they're going to dominate their opposite Graham's number Momorowski's a fantastic defensive player Drew Hutchison's done a really really good job yeah I'm not as high on Campbell Graham as what a lot of people are but that, that's me oh, um, I, I like him as I like him as a winger more than a centre uh, Tane Milne yeah I, I don't know. I, I still like the Roosters on paper. Look, again, I think it's going to come back to what style of game does South get? Does South get the style of game that they want? That up-tempo. They, they want to play front foot. They want they want to get Walker on the front foot. They want to get Mitchell on the front foot. You could see last week, the Roosters just wanted to get into his head. They wanted to bash him. They wanted to put the ball yeah. high. They wanted to be physical. And, and it, it got in his head. He even saw his press conference yesterday talking about... The booing. Yeah, all that stuff. Well, I and think... The, he, I I don't the, know the fact he's... that he's now said that means oh, that there's going to be gonna twice be as much but That's good. what I'm saying. I don't, don't really... People are going, oh, he'd be doing that on purpose. I'm like, I don't know why you invite no, more. No, I disagree. But to say you're not bothered by it, then say that. He's you, a young man. You like, he's he's a young... He, he was bothered by it. I think I think Latrell is one of the most honest footballers in the game. Yeah, it's great. What he says is what he means. I don't know. There's no bullshit in the bloke. I didn't really agree with referring it to the Adam Goods thing. Like, you used to play for him. Oh, you need to understand the cultural context around that. Like, as as an Indigenous man, whether, whether people like it or not, he he would look up to and admire Adam. I, I understand the connection. He's I understand the connection between what Latrell said and how he's feeling, and how and and the link to culture. I I think would be the my takeaway from that. I I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think any more or less of it. No. You used to play for the Roosters. It's one of the biggest rivals in rugby league. Mm. Like, what do you think is going to happen when you're kicking goals and you're near the sideline and the punters there? And it's a finals game. It's going to be even more heated. Yeah, there was no other barbs or anything that was alleged or brought out. I could just like, what do you expect? It's, no, it's up against it's, the team that you won. It's footy, they hate each other. And yeah. I bet again. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't love that they... No. The Roosters no. boo him when he... Well, he was there when they won a comp. So I think I there should that. be... But we're at, the, we're at the crunch time of the year. This, yeah, the and you're things, also things dealing with up. fans, fanatics. Exactly. Things go fan, fan is short. As long as things don't get ugly, that's my and difference. But booing, while booing that, happens. While that clock's ticking within the 80 minutes, those fans Man, are mad. I was in Melbourne while Jared was getting like booed relentlessly everywhere. And he was just fucking walking around like he owned the joint. It. it was outstanding. Yeah. They're talking about Nelson getting booed. But, but I don't think Nelson gets too it's not, a, it's not a fair comparison because Latrell's not Jared. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying certain people... But you sort of are. You're sort of insinuating that we'll... You know, Nelson can cop it, so why can't Latrell? Latrell's a different dude. I know that. But he, it, he you know, walks to the different beat of the drum. If you and think it, no. it would have rattled him. That that was a clear plan last week. And if Latrell needs to go out there expecting that, and the challenge for South Latrell Demetrio is to have an answer for that and a plan for that. Mm. Firstly, win the first three tackles, ensure that you're dominating, and then you need to get kick pressure, be physical. And hit the Roosters kickers late a couple of times. Get physical with them. Get in their head. If it costs you a penalty or two, so be it. How are you going to rattle the Roosters away from their plan? Because if they get to do it again, they get to just stand there and bomb the ball into the corner. I, I don't really see what South are going to be able to do. Well, like we said, more, more importantly to start with. And you'd be kicking a Johnson's edge, like you said, because he's not a great dummy half carry. 
No, they're, they're not built for yardage. Coming out of no. their end of the field. Well, that's what they were doing. The Roosters were just kicking down that right-hand corner as much as they possibly they could. And anything. going, come out, Alex, because we're going yeah, well, to get under you and drive you as well. They do nothing in yardage, full stop. When yeah. they're in yardage, they're one out and they kick. Tars and Campbell Graham don't scare me. Milne, Milne's got a good carry. He good does. Yardage carry. Yeah. But it all starts with the trail. The trail needs to have more impact from the back end of the field. Mm. But their pack in general, if they can't slow up the, the start... The other one is also just having Murray... Hopefully fit. And- well, Murray, Murray and Cook are a key to Walker. Walker was basically a non-factor last week. When Cook and Murray are there, Murray's his main link who engages, digs in the line, and or gets quick play of the balls, which then gets Cook on the front foot, who jumps, and Cody loves just zooming off the back of Cook or Murray through that centre part of the field, and then just off their shift shapes in general. And then defensively, their middles last week, at times when they were pulled apart or a little bit exposed, Cook's tackle technique's not the greatest, but he does a heap of clean-up work, as does Murray. So I think those two guys certainly important to what they do defensively in the middle, in particular with clean-up work and just work rate in general and helping cover a little bit for their middles. But also they're very important to getting Cody Walker going on the front foot because mm. Walker is that sort of guy like a Maloney used to be who just pushes on the football and will hang off those sort of guys. Murray gets those play the balls, the link man in the back of those shapes, Cook jumping out. Uh, that's all important, but it all starts with the engine room. Totola has been outstanding uh, for the majority of the year. He needs to be good. Whether he starts with Nichols or he flips late for Burgess, I don't know. I, I, I think with what they're starting with, I think it'll be Jared and Lodge. I'd probably flip Nichols and go with Burgess. I'd want to go big big against big to start with and try and do a better job slowing them down or at least matching them because they just rolled too easily through the middle, got to kick from advantageous positions. Kiri's kicking game was outstanding and they just beat the piss out of him in the back throw. And as we know on the flip side of that as well, Roosters are another team who will cycle, keep the ball in play and be up-tempo, aggressive, front-load play one, two, push through the middle. And they just created enough momentum and space on both sides and in particular an attack that Kiri, who's had a real resurgence off the back of a few of those head knocks, was just doing whatever he felt like. Yeah. He put Crichton through a couple of holes. He kicked at will. Tedesco was coming off the front foot as well because of the field position territory and the way they were coming. He had an absolute field day. They need to do to Tedesco what the Roosters did to Mitchell mm. and flip that narrative in the middle or at least hold to not let him have so much you know, ease in getting upfield or pushing through the middle and making the yards that he did because he was incredible last week. Um, but yeah, obviously when they do that, as soon as they get into good ball, they're a different team. When they cross halfway, they will throw a lot at you, in particular the left side shape. Yeah. But Luttrell, Cody, etc., getting to play their good ball football... They want penalties. They want set starts. They want, you know, all that sort of stuff that the Roosters won't want to give them. So similar to what we talked about, that narrative before. Depending on what style of game, I think depends on what happens. But my biggest question mark, in all honesty, South's coming out of that game injury-free. They get Cook back. Murray should be cleared. He's probably the only one who got a real question mark over. And they get Campbell Graham back. For the Roosters, injuries all year, issues representation, they've had this sort of good seven or eight weeks, but now there's a lot of cracks starting to appear, and can you maintain yeah, that? I disagree. I don't, so, think I don't think they're cracks. No, I'm talking mm. about health. I understand. To have Jared only play 12 minutes. I don't care. And to have, you they're, know... They're the hot hand at the moment. Verrill's have an issue. Tupo not be 100% certainty. Missing Manu. Radley's knocks. Like, I, I'm just concerned that there's four or five guys there that aren't guarantees to finish a game of football. I get it. Um, mm, so get with it. that, I will... Stick with the Roosters, hoping that health plays a part. But similar deal again here. I, I think the outside is not a bad bet if you like South. No. So I'm going to go the Roosters, but yeah, not Roosters. with a lot of confidence, mainly because of those issues in health. But can they flip the narrative? We're going to see. Doubt it. In all those regards. But that Lodge-Jared tandem's been huge. Verrill's been doing a good job since he's been back. And hope that hand's not too bad. Um, if they get Tokio back to the bench and roll him in, with Egan, he's been doing a great job. Watson's a really good change-up sort of player. On the flip for South, like, their bench probably doesn't provide as much. Like, Havili has done a good job along with Asselo. Um, Nick Arimo, how they use him with Cook back, I don't know. I, I think they'd rather play Cook for 80, so he's more just coverage. And then again, do you hold off with Burgess and hope that Nichols and Totola do a good enough job to hold the middle to start with, or do you go with Burgess straight away and then roll Nichols in? But I don't think they've got I'd as much. I'd probably be starting with Burgess. I'd I would be starting... Too. To try and punch him That's in the, the face. That's the point early. I'm saying. I don't think they've got as much again to ask for off their bench or the minutes that sort of mm. they can pull. Mm. Uh, I need to change side. it up. Kalama Matungi, obviously, 
great weapon for them. Um, got at him a few times last week defensively because their middle was getting pulled apart, so there was huge spaces. But I thought the run early for him, he's going to be a real focal point or the one they like to use in that right-hand side as well. But, yeah, yardage game, field position, set starts or cycle game. It's, it's all really down to see if they can completely flip the narrative. But there you go. You're on the Roosters as well? Yeah. Hardcore. Roosters. And with bluebet.com.au, $1.60 favorite are the Chooks, two thirty-five. For the bunnies at the moment, the line is minus four and a half. One to twelve is two ninety-five for the roosters, three sixty. The South thirteen plus for the roosters is three dollars fifteen and five eighty uh for the bunnies. And again, that offer from bluebet.com.au on all finals games. Back a team head to head, and if they lead by six or more at half time, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to a hundred dollars in winnings. Lead by six at half time, you win terms against the supply. Gamble responsibly. Have to find um, a good bet this week for the charity account and try and keep things going there. And in terms of futures markets, before this week kicks off, the Penrith Panthers are still the favourite to win the premiership with bluebet.com.au. Heavy favourites at $2.25. After that, pretty much a similar line of four or five teams there. The Eels, $7. The Sharks, $7.50. Storm, 9 Roosters, 9 Cowboys ten, Souths seventeen, and then you got the Raiders at fifty one dollars um, to be in winning that premiership to make the grand final. Penrith less than two dollars. They're a dollar fifty. Eels two sixty five. So still confidence there that they could make it back around if they went the long way uh, for your teams like the Storm or the Roosters or Souths, who a lot of people have mentioned, such as ourselves, one of the better top eights or chances to sort of fight their way through and, and play in a grand final or win a grand final from the bottom half of the eight. Storm a four fifty to make the grand final. $5 for the Roosters. $9 for the Rabbitohs uh, to make the grand final. But it's uh, it's going to be a hell of a race, that's for sure. Really, really looking forward to this first week. And the matchups like we talked about. Battle of the West. Storm Raiders, the history they've had. Sharks, Cowboys coming in, sort of the two new teams into the fold this year in terms of the way they played, and then to finish off with one of the old, oldest rivals, rivalries in rugby league at that Cracker Stadium that we attended last week, Roosters Rabbits. It's uh, it's looking like one hell of a weekend of footy. Absolutely, yeah. So to finish up, thank you, bluebet.com.au. Make sure you bet with them and nobody else, the true blue Aussie bookie. Uh, Penrith Solar Centre Power Rankings for the final time this year. One to eight, or most likely to win the comp to least likely. Yep. And as we talk about all the time, there's no one better for quality solar solutions than Penrith Solar Center. Visit the website www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 18 30 today for Jake and the crew. Number one, uh, my favorite for the premiership is still the Penrith Panthers. Me too. So obviously big. Number two, given the home final this week and how much of an advantage I think it is for them or these two teams or to flip them either way I've got the Sharks yeah I've got Para yep uh, well the next one I've got Para at three even though they go back that way um, and I've said myself I don't know if they could do four weeks in a row they would get a home final um, and yeah I, I don't know I've just got some sort of feeling about I've got the Roosters at three alright well I've got the Cowboys after that at four again if they lose this week or if they win, they either get a home prelim or they get to go to North Queensland next week, which I think is going to be unpleasant for somebody. So I've got them there at the moment with the two chances. Yeah, I've got Cronulla at four. At four. At five, uh, I've got the Roosters. And again, I, I almost had this as South or Melbourne. But again, on health, I think South are healthier at the moment than both those teams. So uh, obviously they have to win this week. But I, I've gone with the Roosters for now at five. I've got Cowboys at five. Yeah. Uh, I've got... Storm at six, and again, a lot of this goes off Hughes. So if Hughes plays this week and they get to play Canberra and they're at home, um, yeah. I've got South at six. I think that elimination final is stronger than the other one. Yeah, I've got South at seven. Again, if they win through, different story. Um, but yeah, if the best version of the Roosters is there this week and those guys hold up, uh, I don't know if they can get through. If they can, I, I could see them making a prelim. I don't see them in the grand final. I've got Melbourne at seven. seven. Yep, and mm. last we've both got the Raiders on the ship. Raiders at eight. Yeah. Um, if the Raiders get through, through what they've done, uh, again, I, I just can't see four weeks of camera putting it together. No, that's all. Again, could they put two weeks together and 
get to a prelim, yeah, I could probably see that. But again, if they had to travel somewhere for the prelim or fight their way through like they have, um, I just don't see it, not this year. Mm. So there you go, final power rankings this year brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre and uh, that pretty much wraps us up for this preview. Is there any other news or talking points you've seen that you want to talk about? No, not really. No. How long are we going for? An hour? That's An hour. good. Bang on. In-depth look. Well, there you go. Round one is upon us to the finals. Hope everyone is we're, excited. We're heading out to a few games. We're going to go to Penrith Parra. And then we're going to go to Roosters Souths. Yep. So that'll be good. So a bit of a gap in between Saturday. Saturday we'll be able to watch the other two games, the doubleheader. NFL starts on Friday. Get to watch good. the Storm game on TV, followed by the Sharkies. There's a bit happening in the world of sport. <laughs> mm. Another but, Formula One race on the weekend. Happy days. Yeah, like you said, the NFL's back. Happy about that. No so, sleep happening here. Yeah, the basketball's only a few weeks as well, isn't it? They're yeah, about a, month, about a month. Sort of that peak season in America where everything starts kicking off. The hockey. End of October. Basketball, NFL, all sort of kicks off around a similar time. So, very exciting. But week one of the finals, how good. Cracker matchups. Get out to a game if you can. Like we said, we're going to a couple. Watch the others on the TV. But on the sad side, I usually go, well, got to miss football, but we got the World Cup this year. So, get a little bit of football to fill in the gap in between. So, that turnaround's not going to be as long. No, Which is great. Get to watch some World Cup footy along with the NFL and a few things, and then before you know it, the season will roll around again. But for now, let's see how things play out. We've got four cracker games on the weekend. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Penrith Solar Centre. And for now, everybody out there, if your team is in the finals, best of luck and enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.